The Irish are set to make their home debut against the Tennessee State Tigers on Saturday. And even though it's probably not going to be the most compelling game in the world, there's still plenty of interesting components about the matchup. That's coming up in today's edition of Locked on Irish. You are Locked on Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome in. This is Locked On Irish and today is Friday, September 1st. So happy Friday and thanks for making this your first listen of the day. I'm Tyler Wojcik and I'm the host. I graduated from Notre Dame in 2018 and now I'm a producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And you can watch a full episode on YouTube or listen wherever you get your podcasts. And we're brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. I'm really excited to get to talk to you about Notre Dame's home opener against the Tennessee State Tigers today. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I am back from Ireland. I'm back in the States, and I'm back in my home studio. So I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back doing one of these. And like I said at the top, it's not going to be the most exciting game on the field considering the talent gap between these two teams. But it is still the home opener, and if everything goes to plan, we should get a good look at some of the young guys who haven't really seen a ton of action on Saturdays yet. And I think that could be very beneficial for the team going forward. So... I'm going to dive into Tennessee State and share what I'm hoping to see from the Irish in this one before I give out my predictions at the end. But I actually want to start by talking about the implications of this game and how I feel about it because it's somewhat of a controversial subject uh, among the Notre Dame fan base. So as you've probably heard by now, Saturday will be the first time that Notre Dame will face an FCS opponent in school history. The Irish are actually one of two schools left in the entire country who had not played an FCS opponent before, the other being USC. But it's also the first time that Notre Dame will play an HBCU, which is short for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. And let me clarify this now. I'm not trying to tell you how you should feel about this game. That's not my job. It's rarely ever a good idea anyway. So I'm not going to do it. What I am going to do is provide some context about why this game is happening, why it's important to some people, and then I'll explain how I feel about it because I can kind of understand the arguments from both sides, but I definitely find myself leaning on one side more than the other. And again, that's that's just my opinion. So you can't really talk about this game without considering the season opener against Navy, which was played thousands of miles away from the United States in Dublin, Ireland, because the two are directly correlated. And as I said in the last podcast, the entire Ireland experience was a roaring success for the team, the university, the country of Ireland, and the Notre Dame fan base. It was truly one of the best experiences I've ever had as a Notre Dame fan. But that being said, there are obvious consequences to playing a football game overseas and then having to play another game immediately after. The travel was a lot. I just got back last night. I'm still feeling jet lagged, and I'm sure it's going to be a few more days before I'm back to feeling 100%. The entire Notre Dame team, from the players to the staff to the managers to literally everybody who made the trip to Ireland is going to be feeling the repercussions of that trip all week. And on top of that, the Irish players started their first week of classes on Monday, the day after they got back. So those aren't really ideal conditions, especially when you have to prepare to play another game that Saturday. The 2012 Notre Dame team went through the same thing after their trip to Ireland, and it nearly led to a loss against a Purdue team that finished 6-6 and in the regular season that year. I remember that game, and my God, it was so ugly. Notre Dame started slow and never really picked it up until the very end when they needed Tommy Reese to come in and save the day and lead the team down the field to set up a game-winning field goal by Kyle Brinza. Fast forward years later, and when it was announced that Notre Dame would play Navy in Ireland again, Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick said one of the biggest lessons they learned from that game in 2012 was that they probably shouldn't play a game the week after to give the players and everybody else more time to recover. 
Then that game got moved from 2020 to 2023 because of the COVID pandemic. And when it came time to figure out Notre Dame's plans for this season, it's my understanding that Marcus Freeman actively pushed for Notre Dame to have a bye week uh, in week one of the college football season, which is a little bit weird. But again, they played in week zero and they played in Ireland. But given all the scheduling constraints that come with planning a non-conference game a year in advance, it just wasn't possible. Notre Dame wasn't able to fill one of those two bye weeks late in the season because it's right in the middle of the conference schedule for everyone else. And it was just on such short notice. And most college football teams, they schedule games like a decade in advance, or at least not conference games for some reason. I don't really know why, but that's just the way it is. So Notre Dame was going to have to play a game uh, this week, and their options were limited. And given the fact that literally everyone on the Notre Dame side didn't want to play a game at all that week, they opted to go with the path of least resistance, a.k.a. schedule an easy win, a cupcake, and just move on. I realize that some fans aren't cool with Notre Dame scheduling any cupcakes, and I get it. The games are a lot less exciting to watch, especially a home opener. But every team in the country schedules games like this because they're practical. If you play the toughest matchup possible week after week, you're going to lose games because you wear down the entire roster. That's what I like to do when I play the NCAA football video games, and I could make my own schedule because it's a video game and it's not reality. And if you disagree with that, I would just ask, why isn't any other team doing it that way? I think it's because they realize it's not a good idea. So clearly Notre Dame was looking to play a team that's not going to be very competitive. And for as bad as Purdue was in 2012, they still finished 6-6 six and six in the Big Ten, so they weren't like a complete pushover, especially the week after playing in Ireland. And a loss there could have ruined one of the best seasons of my lifetime. So rather than go out and find another Bowling Green, New Mexico State, or some other completely forgettable opponent to demolish, Marcus Freeman and Jack Swarbrick wanted to schedule a game that could actually have an impact beyond what goes down in the field, and that's why they opted to schedule a game against an HBCU. HBCUs are incredibly important to the black community, and if you know any HBCU alum, you know how proud they are of that fact. I know a few, and I can tell you it's a very important part of their identity, and they wear it with pride, no matter which HBCU they attended. So the fact that Notre Dame uh, is inviting an HBCU to come to campus and play in one of the most historic stadiums uh, is a huge deal to some people, and it's an opportunity for the university to share the spotlight that comes with being the biggest brand in all of college sports with a school and a collection of schools that rarely ever receive that kind of attention. Notre Dame strives to be a force for good, and I believe this is an example of the university using the power and the reach of its football program for good. That being said, I also understand fans who point to the fact that by playing an FCS school, Notre Dame is effectively hurting their strength of schedule. That's a fact. Um, there are also some fans who did wear it as a badge of honor that Notre Dame never played an FCS school. It's tradition, and as most of you know, whenever Notre Dame breaks away from any tradition, no matter how big or small, people are going to be upset. But Notre Dame's schedule is still ranked eighth in, the, eighth in the country in terms of difficulty despite playing an FCS school. They have to play three top 10 opponents in Ohio State, USC, and on the road against Clemson. They also have tough road matchups against NC State, which is next week, by the way, Duke and Louisville. And honestly, would anyone outside the program look at Notre Dame's schedule differently if they crush a team like Bowling Green as opposed to an FCS school? I just don't think so because the difference is marginal at best, and there are elite programs who play FCS schools every single year, and it never comes up when they're in the college football playoff discussion. And that's why I have no problem uh, with Notre Dame playing this game. As a matter of fact, I support it. I think it's cool because, 
again, this game was always going to be a pushover to begin with, and I appreciate the impact that this game will have on people from uh, around the country, including Notre Dame's own head coach, Marcus Freeman, because he actively pushed for this because he, he recognizes the importance of this game. So if Notre Dame decided they wanted to play an FCS school every year, I would have a much different reaction, but that's not the case. I don't think it's going to affect their chances at making the college football playoff at all because the schedule is still incredibly difficult. But if you were one of the people that just really cared about the fact that Notre Dame has never played an FCS school, I'm sorry. Uh, I really don't know what else to tell you. Personally, I never really cared much about it. And I feel like nobody outside of this fan base cares about it either. So this is a one-off game. It's a result of playing a season opener in Ireland. And considering how great that was for everyone around Notre Dame, I don't think anyone is going to regret it uh, just because we have to watch a game on Saturday that won't be very compelling and have to sacrifice a small piece of tradition in the process. Besides, the most important traditions at Notre Dame go beyond the football field. And I think Saturday will be a great way to connect them both. But now that we've covered that, I think it's time to talk about actual football, and that's coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I've been using game time all summer to buy tickets to baseball games, and I've gotten great deals and been able to get a ticket within an hour uh, of the first pitch, and I always had a great time. So... There's a reason GameTime is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country, and you can get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set, and the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email either. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks again for joining me here on Locked On Irish. Before we get back to the game, I wanted to let you know that Locked On is kicking up our college football coverage with a new show called Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, which will air every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. It's going to cover playoff implications, conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering the team every day. I can't wait to be a part of this. It's going to be great. And you can find Locked On College Football Kickoff live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every college channel. I promise you're not going to want to miss it. So please tune in. Um, here's what you need to know about this matchup from the Tennessee State side of things. Their head coach is Eddie George, the former Heisman winning running back at Ohio State. He's in his third season as head coach there, and he has a 9-13 and record overall, which honestly isn't that bad considering they had won just five games in the two seasons prior to him taking over. Uh, and this is his first stint as a head coach. But quick aside, has anyone seen a picture of Eddie George lately? He's in insane shape. For his, for his age. He looks as big as he was when he was a player, if not bigger. I think if he played in this game, he might be one of the best players on their entire team. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, he's in that good of shape. And me and my friends were talking about this in a group chat yesterday, that if Eddie George and Marcus Freeman, uh, they should have a contest before the game who could put up the most reps of 225 on bench press, like combine style, maybe set up two bench presses at midfield before the game and just let him go at it and see who puts up the most reps. I think that would be way more exciting than anything that's going to happen in the actual game. And uh, seriously, it would be close because both coaches are great athletes and they're still in very good shape for their edge. So 
I'm just throwing that out there. We'll see if Notre Dame or anyone else takes my idea. You know, just throwing it out there. Anyways, this is the Tigers' first game of the season. They finished 4-7 and seven last year. Uh, they did play one FBS team, the powerhouse that is Middle Tennessee State, and Tennessee State lost that one 49-6. Not great, Bob. And by the way, that Middle Tennessee State team, they finished 7-5 in the regular season last year in the Conference USA, so not really a juggernaut, even though I just said they're a powerhouse. Uh, the Tennessee State offense is terrible, <laughs> to put it lightly. They only scored 18.3 points per game last season, which was ranked 104th in the FCS, and they averaged just 4.7 yards per play. That was 106th. Uh, they actually have somewhat decent athletes at the skill position. Um, I'm being a little generous there. But their line was so bad that they never had a chance. They allowed 37 sacks in 11 games for negative 281 yards. I honestly feel bad for their quarterback, Draylon Ellis. Uh, he's number seven because that's like some 2007 Notre Dame numbers, and that was... Ugh. Not a great time in our lives. Um, their one strength on offense might be the fact that they didn't turn the ball over much last year. They only committed, uh, they only committed 13 turnovers all season, which ranked 20th in, in the FCS, so that's, that's pretty good. Uh, as I mentioned, Draylon Ellis, their quarterback, he's the one getting crushed back there. He threw for about 1,800 yards last season, so he's not going to air it out much. But he can also run a little, and thank God he can for his sake, for his safety, honestly, because he's going to have to be able to run to avoid some of that constant pressure that he's dealing with. Their running back, Jalen Rouse, he's somewhat decent, number 22. Number 22. Uh, he did rush for 4.8 yards per carry last season, so pretty good, I guess. On the outside, nobody should scare you. Their leading receiver last year, Brenzen, he's number zero. He had just 329 yards receiving. He actually transferred from Ball State, uh, but he wasn't getting any time there, so that's why he left. And that's really what you're dealing with, uh, Tennessee State. They have a lot of guys who transferred from small FBS schools because they weren't really getting uh, much playing time, so they had to transfer to, to Tennessee State. So these guys, not the most talented college football players in the world. Their line, I already talked about it. It's terrible. They're also small. Their left tackle is listed at 275 pounds. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, good luck with that going up against the Rams' defensive line. And then on Tennessee State's defense, they're much better than their offense. A low bar, I know. But I could actually see them putting up somewhat of a fight against Notre Dame. How long will they be able to sting that? I'm not sure. But I expect them to give maximum effort, at least out of the gate. So we'll see how Notre Dame's offensive line deals with that. They held their opponents to 24.7 points per game last season. That was 39th in the FCS. So still not great, not horrific either. Uh, their front seven is not good at stopping the run. But they're pretty decent at getting after the passer. They gave up 4.5 yards per carry last year. That was 80th in the FCS in 174 rush yards per game. That was 79th. Uh, they did cause some havoc plays, though. They picked up 74 tackles for loss on the season, which is 29th, so that's pretty good. Their secondary, though, they're good. Like, they were one of the best in the FCS last season. They only gave up 6.4 yards per attempt, which is good for 18th. And their third down defense and, and red zone defense really stood out. Their opponents only converted 35% of the time on third downs, and they gave up points in the red zone just 65.9% of the time. That was second in the FCS. So... Special teams, I don't have a ton to report. Uh, it looks like they brought in a couple of transfers to handle their kicking and punting duties, one from Northern Illinois and one from Western Michigan. So we'll find out what they got on Saturday. But my hunch is Notre Dame will have the edge here. And look, if you look through this, there's really not a ton of great stuff about Tennessee State. They just don't really have a great team. I understand that 
they're going to compete. They're going to give their, they're going to try their best because for them, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to play in Notre Dame stadium. Uh, some of their guys have transferred from some somewhat big colleges. So maybe those guys, guys have experienced playing in a big time college stadium. But for most of these guys, this is going to be their first time playing in a stadium like Notre Dame. And, uh, I don't expect uh, a ton from this group to say the least. So there you have it. Now, you know a little bit more about the Tennessee state tigers and coming up next, I'll explain what I'm hoping to see from the Irish side. And then I'll give out my score prediction. Okay, we've covered the Tennessee State side. Now let's talk about what I want to see from the Irish in this one. Because normally I would do like a keys to the game, matchups that Notre Dame needs to win. But realistically, they should win every single matchup. So I want to see all the backups get time in this one. But most importantly, I want to see what Steve Angeli looks like running the offense. Even though he's in there and he's going to be going up against far inferior talent, it's important that he gets reps in live action like this where he can actually get hit. Uh, he got some action in that Navy game. Unfortunately, not as much as you would have hoped because Navy had that super long drive late in the game that limited Notre Dame's possessions. And also, the new clock rule that uh, is instilled in college football now is so annoying because I saw a stat that said uh, the average college football game in week zero averaged 7% less plays, but the actual duration of the game was only 1% less. That's because all these networks need to still get in those commercial times. It's like, all right, great, there's less football, but the game duration is still the same. It's it's so stupid. Anyway, sorry for that rant. But Steve Angeli should get some good looks here. My guess is Sam Hartman is going to play the whole first half maybe a series or two into the second half, but then they're going to want to get Steve Angeli uh, to get in there and actually run the offense. He's not going to be just handing the ball off every time because I'm sure eventually Notre Dame is going to have to take the foot off the gas uh, as a sign of sportsmanship to Tennessee State. But, I mean, Notre Dame should be going hard as they can through the third quarter just with some of the backups in there. So I'm really excited to see what Steve Angeli can do because his development is very important to the future of Notre Dame's quarterback position because they're going to have to make a decision after this season do they want to get a uh, grad transfer quarterback with Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, and C.J. Carr in the quarterback room? It's going to be a big decision. We'll see what Notre Dame does. Um, I wonder if Kenny Minchie gets a series or two as well, but he's probably going to be coming in at the very end of the game, and if he does come in, he's probably just going to be handing the ball off. So I wouldn't expect to see a ton from him. Um, I also wouldn't expect to see a ton from Audric Esme either. He's probably not going to get a ton of carries, but it would be nice to see guys like Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love get more work. Uh, they both made their debut in the Navy game. Jadarian Price got a touchdown, his first ever carry. That was awesome. Great story for him. Jeremiah Love got some work there too, but I'd like to see him uh, get more work as well. Maybe Jabron Payne uh, can get in there as well, and even Devin Ford. But I'm, I'm just thinking for the future of Notre Dame, uh, Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love are going to be the two lead backs next year potentially, and uh, it'd be great to see them work together in this game. So that'd be great. Jeremiah Love will probably get his first touchdown. That's one of my predictions. Going to just get ahead of that one and call that now. And it sounds like Notre Dame is going to run some different personnel on this one. Marcus Freeman alluded to it in his press conference on Thursday. I don't know if that means maybe running five five wide receivers at once. That's something we have not seen from Notre Dame in like, I can't even remember the last time. Maybe it was the Weiss era when Notre Dame had five wide, but it would be pretty cool to see all the fresh and wide receivers out there at once. Maybe Braylon James makes his debut for the Irish. So that would be cool to see. On defense, 
I think the one thing that will actually matter, like going forward, will be how Notre Dame rotates their secondary because it would be dumb to read too much into, into how Notre Dame rotates against Navy because they're not running against a conventional offense. But we'll start to get a little bit more insight in this game when uh, Notre Dame is probably going to be running nickel more often than not. So it seems like right now Xavier Watts and DJ Brown are sort of the lead safeties, but. How many reps will Ramon Henderson and Antonio Carter the second get in this one? That'll be interesting. Uh, as well as Jade Mickey. He was in there a lot against Navy. Honestly, a little bit more than I was expecting. But with Ben Morrison, Cam Hart, and then you've got Mickey and Christian Gray getting a lot of reps as well. I'm going to be interested to see how they rotate those guys a little bit in the earlier portions of the game. Because obviously, in the second half, we're probably going to be seeing a lot of backups. Uh, another thing. Considering how bad the offensive line is on Tennessee State... I think Notre Dame should go for the single-game sack record in this one. I looked it up, and according to the Notre Dame record book, it looks like Notre Dame recorded nine sacks against Rutgers in 1996, and I think that's doable in this one, depending on how hard Notre Dame goes and if they're blitzing a lot. But Jordan Patello could have four by himself. I I really think they could push for it. They got eight a few times. Uh, They got eight against Virginia back in 2019, so it's possible. And if Notre Dame really wanted to get the record in this one, I think they could do it. So maybe they will, maybe they won't, but we'll see. But it's certainly possible because I'm serious. Like, this line in Tennessee State is is just so bad. Um, At linebacker, we should see quite a bit of Drake Bowen and Jay Nosbury. Uh, It's going to be their first games in Notre Dame Stadium, and I'd expect them to get quite a bit of action in the second half, as well as Jalen Snead, although he played 27 snaps in the Navy game. So he's more of a part of that rotation, but we'll probably see them a lot more than normal in this one. And lastly, I really want to see all the walk-ons get on the field, like literally all of them, Um, especially Jordan Faison, though. He was the lacrosse player that you were hearing about in camp who was making all these plays, and at one point we're like, is it it really good that the walk-on wide receiver is kind of the one standing out? But uh, I'd like to see him maybe get get some action out there, maybe catch some passes. I'm obviously a big supporter of Wapu Nation, and uh, games like this, They're not going to be very exciting, but they're a huge deal for all the walk-ons because it's an opportunity for them to get on the field in Notre Dame Stadium and be rewarded for all the hard work they put in day in and day out uh, for this football team. And it is so much work that often goes unrecognized. So I really hope that every single guy who is a walk-on in the team is able to get some action uh, at some point during this game, even if it's just like a play at the end when Notre Dame is kneeling. Like that matters so much to these guys and they deserve it. So that's what I'm hoping to see from Notre Dame. As for my score prediction, I've got Notre Dame winning this one 55 to nothing. I know that Notre Dame still might be feeling some of the residual effects from the Ireland game, but still, like they're just so much bigger and so much more talented than them. It shouldn't matter. Like even if they're rusty, even if they're a little sluggish, they should still be able to dominate the line of scrimmage, scrimmage on both sides of the ball and just run over them, and run through them, and run around them. Um, I'm going to be pissed if Tennessee State scores a point. I know it's really hard to shut out any team, especially when you're playing all your backups, but that Tennessee State offense struggled against every FCS team that they played, so they should not move the ball whatsoever against Notre Dame's first team, second team, scout team. It does not matter. If the Tennessee State defense gets a stop here and there, I'll allow it, Okay. I expect them to be playing hard. They, they've got some guys that, that can make some plays. And they're going to be, you know, this, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience for them, so I expect their guys to try, you know, they're going to be trying so hard to make one play that they'll be able to tell their kids about, like, oh, I, you know, I got a tackle for loss in Notre Dame Stadium. So they're going to be trying their best. Notre Dame should dominate them. But if 
if Notre Dame doesn't score on every single possession, then whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll get over that. But overall, this should be a pick-your-score game for Notre Dame. And the only reason I, I don't have more points up there is because the stupid new clock rules that I already talked about earlier. I won't rant about it again. So uh, give me a shutout. Give me the backups, especially all the walk-ons, because that is what this game should be about. And uh, I do think that when Notre Dame gets to see these backups get on the field in a live game action, uh, they'll be able to take a lot from that more so than they get in just your average practice. So that's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Irish. Thanks again for making this your first listen today. I will be back with you again on Monday morning with all my reactions, thoughts, and takeaways from the Tennessee State game. And then it's full throttle uh, the rest of the way. I'm going to have a new episode out every Monday through Friday, uh, and it'll stay that way for every game week. And I can't wait, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before you head out, this is your last reminder to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you're listening to the pod and follow the show on all the social medias. And uh, enjoy the game. I'll see you Monday. Go Irish.